Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter uh, 1, starting with verse 18. Uh, the Chris, Christmas, obviously, is less than a week away, and it's, this is the time where we remember that God is with us. And um, you can pull the scripture down, not quite ready for it, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, that this, is, this is the time God is with us. And uh, we, we remember that, but often for a lot of people, and research shows that there are a lot of people during the holidays, it's actually an increased time of anxiety. Uh, just, the, just, and that's probably for most of us, just the, the holiday seasons alone from Thanksgiving all the way to New Year's Eve is anxious. There's events we feel like we got to be a part of. We got to get our homes ready. There's Christmas shopping. We're trying to find that, that perfect gift for somebody. And then, uh, and so that, that's anxious alone, let alone real reality stuff like that we're dealing with even outside of the holidays, but the holidays, holidays seem to bring an increased pressure and anxiousness uh, to our, our lives. But we have real issues like financial worries. There are, you know, all the stuff that's going on with the pandemic and, and now a, a new variant. And so people are wondering, are we going to gather together with families? So there's, there's that. There's real health issues for some of us. So there's, there's strains on life. And then there's probably relationship issues. I, you're, you're probably struggling if you're an anxious person. It's going to be one of these things. Finances, relationship, health, or something going on in your mind. Like there's a worry. There is a bothered mind. And the gospel has power to transform all that. So I want to talk today about anxiety because the Christmas story itself, which is the good news. The Christmas story is the good news. God with us. Jesus has come. God has entered creation to show us a new way to live, a new way to be human. But the Christmas story itself starts with anxiousness. And, it, and we often overlook that and, and miss that. So I want to highlight that today. Uh, how do we overcome anxiety? How do we, especially during the holiday season, and this is the first time we hear Matthew tells us the story of Jesus coming, and we can see it starts with anxiousness. Verse 18 says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So here, Joseph is engaged to be married to Mary. She shows up and says, hey, Joe, I got something to tell you. It's pretty powerful. It's actually miraculous. And he's like, yeah, what is it? Well, I'm pregnant. I think this would be a wrestling thing for Joe's mind. Like, uh, if I'm Joseph, and this has never happened before, and of course, you know, he, everyone knows how children are made, and his mind's like, wait a minute, we've not been together. How is this possible? This is a real thing. And we often, when we read this, we kind of like brush past that. He was going to divorce Mary. 
So the engagement in the Jewish culture was, uh, was as powerful as the marriage itself. So it would be like today someone going through an engagement and then walking away the day of the wedding, leaving the wedding ceremony. This, and anybody who's gone through a major breakup, anybody who's gone through a divorce, understands the anxiousness this would bring to your mind. This is, this is not just some trite stories, some cute fairy toy. We forget that, no, this really happened. These were real people. Mary was a real woman. Joseph was a real man. And he's really considering leaving Mary, breaking off the engagement, walking away from the relationship, and divorcing her. This means at what, we don't know how long they dated. We don't know how long the engagement was lasting, but... Let's say it's just a few months. Let's say it's a few years. Just consider your own marriage or your own relationships, like how long those investments are, and then to say it's over. So there's some real worry going on with Joseph. Now, the thing about anxiety is that anxiety actually has a message. Uh, and the message of anxiety is you got you to gotta keep going. You got to figure this out. And it says he had in his mind. So he's trying to figure out what to do with this situation. And I, and I don't know if he um, thinks she's lying. Scripture doesn't tell us. I probably think just logically, if I'm logical, like you're lying. Who have you been with? Because he's saying, because we know this because he's saying, I don't want to expose her. So in his mind, he's thinking, my girlfriend, my fiance, my future bride is been with somebody so he's trying to figure this out in its anxiousness but anxiety always has a message that it's telling us and it's often keep going and for joseph it's i gotta keep you know figuring this out it, i gotta keep going until i figure out what to do so before we jump into how to work through anxiety i want to talk about four lies anxiety actually tells us and we see it speaking to joseph right now Number one lie is I have to have, all four will come up on the screen. I have to have the answers to all things. Like I have to have the answer to everything. I have to have all the answers. Uh, everything has to be perfect. This is what, when we're anxious, you're probably falling in one of these four categories. I have to be in control. Um, I, I need the approval of everybody. And the cousin to that one is I need to be there for everybody. So it's either you need to be there for everybody, but the message that anxiety is saying is keep going. You're not going to have peace until you are in control. You're not going to have peace until you know all the answers. You're not going to be at rest un until uh, everything is perfect. And we know this. So he says uh, he has it in his mind. So he's searching for answers. It tells us that he was faithful to the law. And yet, and so his mind, this is not the perfect situation to get married in. This ain't perfect. It says that he was faithful to the law, and yet he had to be in control. He had a plan to divorce her. Uh, he needed the approval of others, right? Or he needed to be there for Mary because it said he didn't want to expose her. So you see all this anxiousness in Joseph today. And in in what anxiety tells us, it promises us if we can, if we can be in control, 
then I will be, if I, you know, if I can just control the circumstances and weave the web a certain way, if, you know, if my spouse sees it my way, that's control. If I uh, do the budget and no one else has input, complete control. You know, control, 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 keep going, and, but it's never fulfilling. The, the message of anxiety promises you, if you figure it out, if you keep going, if you have everybody's approval, if you're there, if you have all the answers... Then you're going to be at peace. But the problem is, is the message of anxiety says you are the one that pays for it, which is why you keep going. You must sacrifice your mental space and, and the mental space in your soul in order to find that peace. But the real gospel says, no, Jesus is the one who sacrifices for you. He flips it. Which is why we're talking about God is with us. So Joseph is, in a lot of ways, just like us. And he doesn't know what to do. So how do we work through uh, anxiety? Well, the Christmas story, we see it in Joseph's story of Christmas. It says uh, in verse 20, But after he had considered this, so he's thought about it, and he's thought about it, and he keeps going, he keeps thinking, he's thought over and over, he's considering the divorce, he's trying to figure out how not to expose Mary, he's trying to figure out, like, I've kept, the, I was faithful to the law, and yet I'm finding myself in this situation, I think it's a lot of us, I'm faithful to God, and yet my life is not right, I'm faithful to God, and yet there's still financial issues, there's still the health thing, there's still the relationship stuff, there's still this thing at work going on, and yet, and yet, and yet. And, he, and after he considered this, so he's, he's exhausted his own thoughts. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. He had not considered that. He had considered all the other things. He considered the law of God. The law says if your wife is unfaithful, you know, if, if there's adultery, then uh, in ancient times you would be killed for being unfaithful. Uh, so this is why he doesn't want her exposed. And he says, what, I want my, my wife to die, and, and yet, you know, I, I can't be with her. She's, he's probably thinking she was unfaithful to him. And it's going to take a God move in his heart to kind of work through and pass this anxiety. So number one, how do we work through our anxiety and the Christmas message helps us with this, is, is we must pause and name that fear. It says, after he considered it, afterwards, after all the thinking, he had to stop. And notice he would have kept going. God couldn't get to him until he was asleep. He, lit, he just kept going and going. It's like, oh, let's just wait for this guy to go to sleep. So after he considered it in a dream. Because he's probably, while he's awake, it's just taking up all his mental space. So he says, he's considered, and the angel says, do not fear. He's paused. He's asleep. And we don't have to wait till we're dead dog tired in the midst of our anxiousness. We can pause now and name that fear. This is important because fear and anxiety always has more power when we're unaware of it. Now, it doesn't say in here Joseph was afraid. Uh, the angel has to tell him. You're afraid. That's what's going on. 
No, I'm not. She's, she's been unfaithful, and this, you know, the law says this. I'm faithful to the law, and I don't, you know, it's not that, Lord. No, you're just afraid. There's some anxiousness going in you. So the angel is literally, after he's considered it, so he's paused, he stopped, he's sleeping, and now the angel is saying, here's what it is. You're afraid. So if you want to work through your anxiety, and I'm not saying this just because we see it in the text, but the research shows this. I mean, if you just Google it, you're, you're always going to find something to the effect of you got to recognize that this is something stirring on the inside of you. And if you want to work through anxiety, the way we do it is we pause. This could be 30 seconds. This could be a whole day. I don't know what it looks like. But if you're feeling deeply anxious, uh, pause. And just start asking yourself, what am I afraid of right now? What is going on on the inside of me? Because if we're not aware of it, it has more power than what it really is. But the moment you name it, at least I have experienced this, the moment you name it, it starts losing its grip on you. It stops losing its power. And you realize this is fear. What is it? Is it the fear of loss? Is it the fear of rejection? Is it the fear of judgment, the fear of others? Name the fear. Like, I'm not sure which one of those four categories when you're feeling anxious is you, but I felt like I hit them all. Like, I want to be in control. Uh, I s somehow wrestle with perfectionism. And uh, I, I want to have all the answers for everybody. And I have learned how freeing this is now as a pastor. And this is new for me. Uh, before meetings, I would just try to prep and prep for them because I wanted, I wanted the answers. And now I, I will just sometimes say, I don't have the answer for you. And what a freeing thing it, it is. Like, what do you mean? You're the pastor. You must have the answers to all things. I put this unrealistic expectation. And I, I started naming fear when it comes into my heart. Uh, oftentimes, when I know I have, I'm coming into a meeting, whether it's personal ministry or you know, just meeting with people, I will try, I will often overthink the meetings and I get all this fear. And so lately, I just sit down and say, what is it I'm afraid of? Maybe I'm afraid of the unknown. Maybe I'm afraid of confrontation. And when I do that, the moment I name it, oh, I'm afraid of confrontation, uh, it loses its power. I'll go into the meeting and the thing that I've been processing and overthinking about or trying to control or trying to uh, manipulate or trying to have, maybe not even that, but just even try to have the answer, all of that just slowly loses its power because there's something powerful in the gospel. When we pause and just say, what is it? Just naming it is a very powerful thing. And the angel does this for Joseph. The angel says, look, uh, you're afraid. That's what this is, Joseph. Let's keep reading. So it says, uh, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because. So God is in the midst of your thing right now. You don't have to fear because God is up to something in your life. So, Joseph, you're telling yourself a story. If, and I don't think it's a stretch of imagination to think Joseph thought Mary cheated on him. Am I alone in that? 
I mean, and if you're not a Christian, you probably already think they're crazy Christians. This was not immaculate. She literally slept with somebody, right? So, it, but no, no, no. There, there's way too much more powerful things about the miraculous of Jesus that, that would make that part true. So they were willing to die for this story. So uh, it's not a stretch of imagination. I think it's crazy that Joseph is telling himself a story that Mary has slept with somebody. This is why he wants to divorce her and do it discreetly. And he probably wants to do that because he doesn't want her. He just said he doesn't want to expose her, doesn't want her to get in trouble. So he, he's wanting to do this, but he's telling the story that she's cheating on me. And the only way I could get through it is to do it this way. So Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because, because jo, Joey, you're telling yourself the wrong story. So the angel tells him what's really going on because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, she's not lying. This is something you can trust. It was conceived from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And here's how you're going to know it. 50-50 chance here, angel. It's going to be a boy. Uh, she will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins, and will even save Joseph from his own. See, Joseph is telling himself a story, but the angel of the Lord is telling him a different story. He only sees one option, divorce. We pause, we name the fear, and number two, if you're anxious, allow the Holy Spirit to speak something else to you. You're if you're an anxious person, in all likelihood, you're creating all kinds of scenarios, all kinds of outcomes, all kinds of exaggeration from the spirit of fear. And what we really need is the Holy Spirit to say, wait, wait, there is another option. Because often if we do this, God will reveal another option to you. I don't think it occurred to Joseph that he could stay married. And that this was the Lord. So he does, he stops her, or stops Joseph and says, listen, you can marry her because I'm in this with you. Tell yourself a different story. I will often do this when I feel fearful or, or I'm thinking about something and I'm kind of rabbit trailing and I'm processing this, I will say this to other people. I've learned this from my life coach, and it's really helped me, where I'll say, the story I'm telling myself, blah, 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 blah. And uh, they look at me like, no, 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 that's not, that's not what happened. And then they bring clarity, and I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. Because so, often, probably, I would, I would guess 90% of the time, the story you're telling yourself is inaccurate. And the story that Joseph is telling himself about Mary in the situation was deeply inaccurate, and he needed the Holy Spirit to tell him a different story. What are you anxious about? And then, what, and then ask yourself, what story am I telling myself? And then say, if, if God was going to tell me this story, what would it look like? Because God flips it for Joseph. He flips the story. So if you're worried about that financial thing and my lights are going to be shut off or I'm going to miss my and take my home and, and, and flip it. What, what if God provides? What if there's another way? 
What if maybe the worst does happen, but somehow it circles back, you get another home. Flip the script, tell yourself the God story because God is a provider, God is a healer, God meets all of our needs according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Flip the script so you're really living the Jesus message and no longer afraid because you kept telling yourself, this is how this is going to end, this is where this is all heading, the world's coming to an end, don't do this because... you're just telling us all these stories. And, but if you flip and say, wait, 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 what's God's option in this? Uh, if you've been here for a while, you probably heard me share this story, but fear will lead us down. It often gets us stuck, and we'll, and we'll, and we'll start telling ourselves a story, and it leads us down a trail that, like, how did I end up over here? And this happened to Jen and I when we were at Kalamazoo 20-some years ago. We were a growing church, probably two or three hundred people at the time, and uh, trying to think of the 30,000 foot view of this story. Pastor Lee had to release, uh, I wasn't on staff, we weren't on staff, but we were volunteers there. I was leading worship for the church and, and, and some leadership roles, but Pastor Lee had to release an associate pastor. Well, the pastor, this pastor and his wife were friends with Jen and I, so there was you know, it was pain, a painful experience uh, because he was releasing our friends. Well, in the middle of that, uh, I start telling myself, this place is unhealthy. And I, and I start judging Pastor Lee and start, and then when you're in fear, you start seeing things that don't even exist. You, you, you'll, start, you'll start drawing on conversations and start connecting dots that aren't, don't even, that aren't even connected. Well, they said this, and they know about my situation, so I know that this means that. And you're triangulating, and you're trying to create this matrix of strings to all this event. And in your mind, so my option it was like Jen and I were telling, like, we just got to get it. This place is so unhealthy. It's falling apart. It's never going to succeed. We need to get out of this church. And so I went to Pastor Lee, and I said, hey, done some praying. <laughs> really, it was gossip. But did my praying, talked through it with other people. No, you just gossip, Mike. Anyways, uh, it, so I did some praying, and we just feel like it's best if we move on. You know, this whole thing with, this, with, the, with the pastor, you go, it's complicated, it's messy, it's ugly, and I just don't want to be any part of this. Well, that was immaturity, just being a, a young person, just immature in my spirit. So I tell him we're going to leave, and I am all four of the lies of anxiety was whispering to me. I have to know what's going on. I got to know the solution. I need everybody to like me. So I need Pastor Lee to like me. I need this, uh, this other couple. I have to have the answers for both sides of the situation. And I got to be in control. And right now, everything feels like it's out of control. And I'm getting out of this. So I'm constantly thinking, what am I going to do? What, what's next for me? What? And now, because anxiety never shuts off, and because you're, it always tells you, keep going. Because once I made the decision to leave the church, anxiety shifted, well, what's next? Because if you made this decision, now what's next? And so now I'm trying to figure out what's next. And I'm, uh, I'm trying to put all the pieces together. And, like, and Jenny, just calm as day. It was a Wednesday night. We, were, we, we gave the pastor one month, and then we're out of here. And then one Wednesday night, we're on our way to the midweek service. And Jenny says to me, if this is so God, why isn't there any peace in us? 
and it was like the Holy Spirit jumped into the car, flooded my heart, and it was a light bulb moment. It, it was as long enough pause to name, this is fear. And so I go back, I tell Pastor Lee, that, that Wednesday night. I didn't even pray about it this time. I went right straight to the Lord, or straight to Pastor Lee from the car ride. I mean, I remember where it happened. We were turning right on DE Avenue off of M43 in Genesee as we're rounding the corner. And so we're just a few blocks away from the church, less than a half a mile. And she makes that statement, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I parked the car. I go straight to the pastor's office and said, I got it all wrong. And I apologized. I said, listen, I, I made some judgments. And it was like that one moment of pausing with Jen and I, boom, just deposit. The Holy Spirit just depositing clear, starts telling us a different story. What if there's something, that's the word I'm looking for, Lord. What if there is a legitimate reason that Pastor Lee has released them? And if I kept buying into the story of anxiety, I'm not here in Jackson, Michigan 25 years later. If Joseph does not listen to this angel and he keeps telling himself, no, that was a dream. That wasn't the Lord in my dream. That was a dream. And this isn't the Holy Spirit. She's been with another man. Let's, get, let's just be really logical about this, Lord. And he, he misses out. Because God would have still had his plan if Joseph left. He misses out on raising God, if that's a thing, but he did it. He's, he misses out on the, all the, he just misses it, but he doesn't. He believes God's story. Ask yourself, what story am I telling myself? And you're anxious. Pause, name it, name what you're feeling so that it loses its power and you have a little more clarity, and then start telling yourself a different story. I started telling myself, I know I don't get all the details, and I don't, know, I don't fully understand what's going on in the church leadership right now, but, I'm, but I believe Pastor Lee's a man of God, I, and, and, and I believe my friends were too, so you know, it was no judgment on them, but I must stop judging on either side of this. Stop judging and just tell myself the story. God somehow is in this mess. And that's the story that Joseph has to believe because if we read the whole, whole Christmas story and we know it, like they, she's born, Jesus is born in a manger, probably a cave, a dirty old cave where animal dung is. And uh, he's got to flee to Egypt to save the baby's life. I mean, it's a messy, messy, messy Christmas story. We celebrate the love, the joy, the peace, the hope that Jesus brings. That certainly is the best part of the story, but we forget that it was messy. In our life as Christians, how, if Jesus' birth and his coming was complicated and messy and full of anxiousness for Joseph and even for Mary and everyone involved, I mean, when he was born, it was impacting politics, it was impacting religious leaders, it was impacting Joseph's just personal family. Same today. If it happened for Jesus and he couldn't get out of the messiness, what makes us think that we should not be experiencing anything messy? Well, so Joseph doesn't get out of the mess. He just gets peace within it. Because the Christmas story is God 
is with us. He's with you in your anxiety. He's with you in your depression. He's with you in that family relationship that's going on or that friendship that's a little complicated. He's with you in that work situation. God is with you. The promise isn't that it's not going to be messy. That's not what the whole, that's not what the Spirit revealed to Joseph. He doesn't say it's all going to be hunky dory. No, he doesn't tell him you're going to have to leave um, Galilee and go all the way down, seven, walk 70 miles with a pregnant wife all the way down to Bethlehem. No. And when you get there, you're not even going to have a place to stay. A baby's going to be born in a dirty place. And then they're going to try to kill him. And you're going to have to run for your life. Nope. None of the messy goes away. It's just peace of the Holy Spirit within the messiness. Verse. I need the blown up version 22. Verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel. This is the Christmas message in three words right here, guys. God with us. When Joseph woke up, so he pauses. The Holy Spirit tells him this is fear. Don't fear. Stay with Mary, because this is God, because there's a whole other story that you've missed that I'm in the midst of this. He wakes up and he does it. He does it. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the Lord had commanded him. I think that took courage. It took courage to stand up for his wife. It took courage to believe the Holy Spirit in something that seemed illogical. It took courage to just even believe that the dream was from the Lord. Because I've had dreams from the Lord that I've known this is the Lord. There have been other times where I'm like, I think that was the Lord. And I've moved on it and then found out it was. And there are other times like, nope, that must have just been pizza I ate. But it took courage to act out on that dream, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until their, the birth, of, birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. He obeys. He stays with Mary, and he, and he gives Jesus his name. Now, the last part is this. How do, how do we work through our anxiety? Is we trust God's guidance. And we follow it. God doesn't actually give Joseph all the answers. He gives him an answer, a answer. We might not be able to control the outcome, but we can, but we can trust the one who does know the outcome. You can trust God. And when we're in the midst of our anxiousness and anxiety, if you only get one thing, it's the, mess it's the message of the series. God is with us. God with us. And in your anxiety, God wants to give you courage. This is what he does. He gives courage. 
I think this dream just infused Joseph with courage. And now he has a choice. Do I divorce Mary? Or can I stay in the complicated mess of life and what this situation is going to mean for me? Can I do it? And he does it. And it's not an easy journey, but he does it. And this, this is what the, the Christmas message is. In our struggle, in our brokenness, in our sin, when we miss it, and in, in when, we, when we feel unworthy, when we feel distracted by life or, or shame tries to come on us, when we're depressed, when we're struggling, when we don't have clarity, God is in that with us. And what I've learned is the Lord always, always, always works out the thing, the issue, the struggle, the thing you've been believing God for. It rarely turns out the way I told the story in my mind. But it always turns out, looking back, oh my gosh, I've seen the hand of God through all of it. God is with us this Christmas. God is with us this week, next week, for the rest of 2022 until the day we breathe our last breath or he returns. And even then, God is always with us. So what if instead of focusing on the stress, instead of seeking the solution, we seek the one who has the solution. Holy Spirit's going to give you options you've not thought of. Holy Spirit is going to bring peace in the midst of your chaos. The chaos still going to happen, but somehow you're going to walk in the midst of it just knowing, why do I have peace? I've just lost my job. Why do I have peace right now, but things are messy in my family? Why do I have peace? It's because you're pausing, you're realizing the anxiousness, you're naming it. Hey, this is what this is. Let's take a minute. And I'm just going to tell myself a different story. I'm going to believe that I have another job. I'm going to believe my son and daughter is going to come to the Lord. I'm going to believe that my marriage is going to be restored. I'm going to believe that God has something else to say. And it may or may not work out that way, but I'm going to tell myself a redemptive story instead of a depressing story. Let's stand up. I want to pray for you. I just feel led to pray for anxiousness this morning. If you're here, would you just close your eyes and could we all just lift our hands as a posture of prayer and just receive. Father, I pray promise of peace that you give and I just ask in Jesus name that through the guidance of your Holy Spirit we'd get off the running rat wheel
of worry and anxiety. The Lord has given me a picture as I'm praying, and it's a rat in like a you know pet cage thing. And he's on this wheel just running, 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 running. And this is what's happening in some of our minds. You never get to the end. Because with anxiety, there's never a linear path that just stops. It's circular and it's designed to keep you spinning. It's designed to keep your mind spinning. So the Holy Spirit is inviting you today to say, step out of the wheel. Step out of that wheel. Come lay next to me. The Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not lack. He leads me. He leads us. Beside still waters and refreshes our souls. Psalms 23. And he leads us down righteous paths for his name's sake, not even for you, for him. I do this because I love you. And even though we walk through the valley of shadow of death, we will fear. We will not fear. For your rod and your staff comfort. And you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of that struggle. He's saying, just sit. He anoints your head with oil. That means he's approved you. Thank you, Jesus. He's approved you. You are approved by God. And my cup overflows. He's going to provide. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Surely his goodness and mercy will follow you. So, Father, we pray, Psalms 23, just over your people, that we have a shepherd who cares. And you're not leading us to the rat wheel, spinning over and over. You're leading us beside still waters. So, Father, I pray that as your people, we would sit in the presence of your goodness. And I pray, Lord, that as we get ready to celebrate Christmas Eve and gather with friends on Friday and Saturday, that we do not forget you are with us. You're with us in every part, the valley and the mountaintop and the journey between the valley and the mountain. So we welcome you here. Come flood us with your presence. I pray that we really do have peace. That we will follow you. And know that we're saved and healed. In Jesus' name, amen.